Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, book lovers. My name is Em, and I want to talk about books. And cats. Welcome back, book lovers. This week's episode is going to be a little different because I have not had a chance to read anything this week. (laughs) This really honestly bugs me. I was a voracious reader for a long time, but I have also had a period of time where I didn't read anything at all, like a really long period. (laughs) This podcast actually started as a way to make sure that I was consistently reading because as much as I love it, I am easily distracted and always busy. (laughs) I'm sure a lot of you can relate, but I've been looking at these, like, Instagram posts of people when they do their, like, end-of-the-month wrap-up of all the books they've read, and they've got, like, a stack of books, and I'm like, you know, I've got four if I'm lucky. (laughs) Sometimes more. Realistically, I have to just expect there's going to be times when it just doesn't happen. (laughs) I think I'm mostly feeling guilty because this time I don't really have a good reason for why I didn't read. I've just been super lazy and super busy, if that makes sense. I've just been completely unmotivated to read, and it has made me question, am I enough of a book lover to, you know, I have a podcast about books. Am I enough of a book lover to do this? And, you know, while it has been a lazy week, and I have struggled with motivation to read, there's also been a ton of other stuff going on. We've had family things. We've had end-of-the-school-year stuff. I am nowhere near as chaotically busy as I used to be at this time of year, but it's still a busy time of year. And I do have to say at least some of my distractions have been book or language-related. One distraction has been writing projects. I have been working on my new weekly writing project, Uh, I'm really enjoying it, and I've decided to rename it to Ocean Eyes. I kind of changed the direction of the book, and I have more of, it's still kind of vague, but I have more of a plan of where it's going, and I think this title's going to be more fitting. I've also been editing Heart of the Storm, and uh, speaking of title changes, that is currently being called Peace Tree, for now anyway. Who knows what it'll be once I'm done editing. Editing is a process. (laughs) So there has been a lot of writing this week, and that seems like an okay replacement uh, for reading. Not for the podcast, maybe. (laughs) But I do have a new chapter of Ocean Eyes to share with you, and I love the new plan for this story. So I don't know. Simple things excite me. I'm really excited about this new title and the shift in the focus. I just love writing. It's so great. Another one of my distractions was word-based, and that is my Duolingo streak. I am on day 667 of my streak, and I'm really in the zone right now. Like, I kind of, sometimes I just do it to get it done for the streak, and then other times I'm totally into it, and now is one of those times. (laughs) I did over a year of German, and now I have switched to Spanish 
for 2022. And I am finding that I really love languages. I love the way that a language is broken down, and I love how they compare to each other. Like, it's been kind of cool because I did the German and the Spanish, and I've also done a little bit of Scottish Gaelic. And it's really, really interesting to compare languages. And I haven't even touched on, like, Asian languages yet. That's a whole other ballgame. <laughs> but yeah, I'm just, I'm a word lover, and I'm a language lover as much as I am a book lover, I guess. But they all go hand in hand. And I'm just really into my Duolingo right now, so I have done that instead of read. And I just, I don't have an excuse other than that. <laughs> um, As far as cat stuff goes, my cats have been mostly lazy and cute this week. They're not really doing much. And there's only two of them now, which is still very strange. Weird is still really missing our dog Mooner, who has been gone for a month now. Um, And I am too. Like, he and I are still kind of mourning, and it kind of sucks. Him and Sassers have been sticking together a lot lately, at least sleeping in the same room of the house, if not actually, like, sleeping, touching each other. The other day, they were curled up next to each other on my bed, and the way that they were, it looked like they were holding hands, and it was the cutest thing. Before, they used to be kind of spread all over the house, but ever since the chaos and losing everyone, um, <laughs> they've been together all the time. It's really pretty sweet. Sad and sweet. <laughs> uh, anyway, in keeping with this odd episode, instead of a quote of the week, I actually want to talk about an Instagram post that I saw. It's from at Adam C. Sharp, and it was sorely missed Victorian slang. And this just kind of made me giggle, and I thought you guys might enjoy it. So there's eight of them. Giggle mug, which means always smiling. Bitch the pot, which means pour the tea. Gut the morbs. Temporary sadness. Tight as a boiled owl, means drunk. Poked up, means embarrassed. Sauce box is your mouth. <laughs> Cupid's kettle drums are your breasts. And not up to dick means unwell. And I just found these humorous. Which one is your favorite? Send me a DM on Instagram and let me know. I personally think that Giggle Mug and Got the Morbs are my favorites. Got the Morbs is fun to say. Actually, they're both really fun to say. Giggle Mug is fun to say, too. That's a lot of Gs. <laughs> anyway, I feel like you could write a really funny little story using these terms, and if anyone is up to that challenge and wants to send me one, I'll read some of them on here. Let's see if I can just quickly come up with one. Okay, picture it. Two gossipy Victorian slash somewhat modern ladies, because I can't keep it in Victorian language. <laughs> I didn't say this would be quality. Anyway. <laughs> Bitch the pot, can you believe her giggle mug? As if that could cover up that she's got the morbs and her partner was as tight as a boiled owl. She should be poked up and keep her sauce box closed. But she kept exposing Cupid's kettle drums while her partner's on the chaise looking not up to dick. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Well, that's something. Anyway, uh, write your own. I'm sure it'll be better than that. And uh, I would love to see your creations. So send them to me, please. Anyway, now I'm going to take a quick break and then I will be back with a new chapter of Ocean Eyes, my weekly writing project and book two in the Verdant Valley series. Be right back. 
Welcome back, book lovers. So like I said before, I have changed the name of the second book to Ocean Eyes. I have kind of a new plan, and I'm pretty excited about this book, I have to say. So without further ado, please enjoy Chapter 3 of Ocean Eyes. Morena followed Yada through the trees. They were on their way back to the cottage, a trip they had made together numerous times before. But this time Morena felt unsettled. The distinct feeling of someone watching them followed her through the woods, but any time she cast a look behind them, the path was empty. The climb to her cliffside house seemed to take longer than usual. Marina felt heavy. Dread weighed upon her. This place usually held no lasting magic. It blew out to the sea and dissipated. Normally, she felt she could skip up the steep switchbacks without breaking a sweat. Today, they struggled. Yada didn't speak, but Marina heard the girl's labored breathing. She was quiet and highly attuned to the universe. The yada in town was not quite the same as the yada on this side of the trees. She absorbed magic like a sponge, and the seaside was a powerful place. She shouldn't have been able to handle it. Very few could. Morena had seen the disastrous reactions when the more stubborn ones tried to ascend the cliffs. If they could withstand the piercing, ever-increasing headache, things would get worse very quickly. Heads popped and then the storms would rage for days until the lands were washed clean. Marina saw Yada approaching that first day. She hurried inside and tried to stare at a book. She did not want to see what happened to such a young girl. She nearly jumped out of her skin when the girl knocked on the door. Now Yada paused in front of her. They were close to the top, near the safety of the cottage. Marina was impatient to get inside. Keep moving, she hissed at the girl. But Yada remained frozen, listening to something Morena couldn't hear. Something's wrong, Yada said softly. Something's missing. There's a hole. Can you feel it? Morena could. Her heart sunk and she pushed blindly past Yada and ran for the cottage. The door was wide and the mess inside was apparent. She veered past the house and ran to the edge of the cliff. Yada screamed. Marina stopped at the edge and searched the ocean until she found what she had feared. Rhea's body bobbed in the waves, moving slowly toward the mists. Tears blinded her then. She turned away. She could only hope that Rhea would make it there safely. Her cousin was beyond her now. Yada was watching her from near the cottage wall. Miss Marina, she said softly. That's not it. There's something else something bigger. And Morena knew in that moment what it was, what Rhea had done. Her body would not move quickly. She felt as if she was walking underwater, as if the sea had finally found a way to reach her high up on the cliffs. Yada's face shimmered and changed. It was brief, but Morena saw it in her eyes. The color shifted just for a moment. The cool gray-blue ocean of her eyes darkened with storm. For just a moment, they were pits of glittering black. Morena blinked. It took far too long and involved way too much effort. When her vision cleared again, Yada's face was full of concern. Her ocean eyes were back, and she watched with equal parts of worry and interest. Yada was always more curious than anything else. Morena wasn't sure what the girl saw, but it seemed fascinating. She didn't fully understand this girl. Yada was like Rhea in that way, too. 
Marina did her best to keep up and guided Yada the best she could, but she feared the girl as well. Yada reached for her, and at her touch, the world came back into focus. She could move at a normal pace again. The sudden change took her breath away. The girl pulled her inside the wrecked cottage. When the door closed, Marina could breathe again. She fell into the chair and waited for her heartbeat to slow down. It had been steadily rising as her body slowed. Yada was standing at the window, looking out over the sea. What just happened, Yada? Marina asked finally. Yada looked surprised. I know you dumb it down for me, Yada, Marina sighed. I need you to be fully present right now. I've never seen anything like this. It's not in the book. Their eyes met over the disarray and they moved in unison. The book was gone. The thick tome laden with the secrets of her family and the magic of the dark-hearted ones was somewhere out there, and Marina had no idea whose hands held all of their secrets. She was the secret keeper now, protector of magic that should have never been released. She was tasked with guarding her family's mistakes, and now they were gone. And that is the end of chapter three, book lovers. I hope you're enjoying my new book, Ocean Eyes. And thank you for sticking with me during this rather strange episode. Next week, I will have read a book. <laughs> and maybe my cats will do something a little more interesting than just holding hands. Although that was super cute. Anyway, thank you all so much for listening. And until next time, keep reading.